Hello, everybody. This is True Crime Podcast from the Hybrid Warfare Analytical Group at Ukraine Crisis Media Center, where we take on Russian propaganda and discuss hybrid threats and influence tools they use. Today, we will discuss the Russian-Armenian information struggle and how the Kremlin propaganda machine tries to benefit from returning Karabakh under Azerbaijan control. So please take a deep breath, buckle up, and delve into the Russian vision of their influence in the South Caucasian region. The collapse of the Armenian enclave has become a stumbling block in relations between Armenia and Russia, with the two countries engaged in information war on the eve of the Third Karabakh War. From the outside, the conflict between Yerevan and Moscow appears to be an attempt to shift blame to the other side. However, the information component may be a forerunner of profound changes in the South Caucasian geopolitical landscape. Why did Armenia and Russia resort to mutual accusations? The defeat in the Second Karabakh War in 2020 ended Armenian hopes that Russia would defend their extraterritorial enclave from Azerbaijan's encroachments. Disappointment in Armenian society grew following the armed conflict on the Azerbaijan-Armenia border last September. Azerbaijan, according to Yerevan, occupied a portion of Armenia's sovereign territory outside of Nagorno-Karabakh. But the Kremlin distanced itself from its collective security treaty organization, CSTO, ally. Moscow has chosen to cultivate trusting relations with Azerbaijan and Turkey, while ignoring Armenian concerns. Azerbaijan quickly closed the Lachin Corridor, the only road connecting Armenia and Nagorno-Karabakh. Despite the presence of its peacekeeping contingent, Moscow did not intervene in the situation. This was a clear indication that Baku wants to accelerate the reintegration of uncontrolled areas, while the Kremlin leadership is unconcerned about the fate of Karabakh Armenians. Naturally, Yerevan interpreted the shift in mood in Moscow as dismantling of even flimsy Russian security guarantees. As a result of the events in Ukraine, Russia's capabilities have changed. Armenia can no longer rely on Moscow as a guarantor of its security. This words of Pashinyan, said in an interview with Politico, were interpreted as a 180 turn in Yerevan's foreign policy by many observers. Indeed, this statement reflects Yerevan's ongoing diplomatic efforts to keep relationship with the West on track in preparation for signing a peace treaty with Azerbaijan. Relationship between Yerevan and Moscow has been deteriorating for some time, and with the outbreak of the war in Karabakh, the schisms has reached unprecedented levels. In recent weeks, Armenia has withdrew its permanent and plenipotentiary envoy from the CSTO. In January, Yerevan refused to hold the organization's military exercises on its territory in 2023. This gesture can be interpreted as a clear indication of intent to withdraw from the CSTO. Armenia conducted joint military exercises with the United States. These exercises are held regularly, however, the Armenian military's participation is minimal. In the current geopolitical context, however, Yerevan's gesture is quite eloquent. Armenia ratified the International Criminal Court's ICC's Rome Statute. 
which issued the arrest warrant for Putin, eliminating one more country from the web of the Russia president's international visits. In early September, the wife of Armenian Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan attended the summit of the First Ladies and Gentlemen in Kyiv, where she handed over humanitarian aid to Ukraine. In response, the Kremlin launched an information campaign to delegitimize Armenia's current leadership. Information Connotation Peaks While monitoring the situation, we noted several days with an unusually pronounced negative connotations. Such outbursts of negativity took place on June 23rd, August 3rd, and September 7th. On June 23rd, the reason for the information attack on the part of the Russian Federation were the president of the Azerbaijan, Ilham Aliyev regarding the then-still-potential resolution of the conflict regarding the unrecognized republic. Today, the power is on our side, and time strengthens our positions and international law. The world community already unequivocally recognizes Karabakh as an integral part of Azerbaijan. We can wait. I say once again, we are in no hurry. If Armenia does not honor its signature, the consequences will be dire. On August 7th, for example, we highlighted the following news stories. Pashinyan's view of NATO angered the Kremlin. A statement by the Russian presidential spokesman Peskov that Russia is not going to leave the South Caucasus region and a call to Armenia to join the North Atlantic Alliance by the president of the European Commission for NATO Development, Günter Fellinger. Regional media such as Kavkazki Uzil or Vesnik Kavkaza, as well as a large state-owned Russian resources, TAS and TV and others were among the primary disseminators of those stories. In just one day, the article about Kremlin's outrage has shared 445 times, accounting for more than half of all stories on that day. This activity pick should be taken as another indicator that the information field of the Russian Federation is susceptible to events in the region. As a result, the propaganda machine is attempting to adopt to the current situation and use any incidents to its advantage. At the same time, the number of distribution of certain publications indicates a strong dependence of Russian and Russian-backed media on the state news agenda. Russian Voyancourt Strike Back an important role in this process is played by Russian military correspondents who actively contribute to forming a critical attitude toward the Armenian authorities among Russians. Their statements are often very aggressive and articulate the most radical views in these relations, appealing to emotions and pushing to adopt positions that do not always correspond to objective realities. It should be noted that many Russian military correspondents cover relationship between Russia and Armenia from a position of acute conflict, encouraging their viewers and readers to view Armenia as an enemy or a threat. This aggressive approach of Russian military correspondents to the events in Armenia not only complicate the perception of this country by Russians, but also affect the political atmosphere in the region and interstate relations in general. Such aggressiveness leads to increased tensions between Russia and Armenia, which has potentially negative consequences for stability in South Caucasus and the region in general. For example, Alexander Sletkov writes, After all, this failure means a future war in the region. 
And in this version, I feel very sorry for Armenia, or rather, not for Armenia, but for Armenians. Plitkov's quote indicates a readiness for military conflict and its possible consequences for Armenia and the Armenian people. His statement underscored the Kremlin's classic narrative of removing power from the people for a target information attack. Kirill Fyodorov in his Telegram channel wrote a large publication about the current tension in Russian-Armenian relations and summarized it in a simple statement. A Reichharity Union is a traitor to Russia. Kirill Fyodorov's statement gives an idea of the perception of the public uh, concessions of the leader of Nagorno-Karabakh. From the Russian point of view, the term traitor indicates a strong criticism of Harutinian and possibly indicates that authorities of the unrecognized republic are considered by Russians to be partly at the level of domestic politics. In addition, war correspondent Yuri Baranchuk. It is profitable for Russia to replace Pashinyan with someone more adequate. It may be necessary to eliminate him. Yuri Baranchuk's statement indicates that Russia may be looking for alternatives to the famous American politician Nikol Pashinyan, and may even consider radical measures to achieve its goals in Armenia. The expression of such opinions, in one way or another, reflect the potential scenarios of Russian strategy in South Caucasus. Pashinyan is a traitor. He will use the loss of Karabakh to turn towards the West thus remaining in the same canvas of propagandist narratives. Sergei Markov manipulates the external political vector of the Armenian government. New roles for long-standing protégés The Russian propaganda machine actively engages opinion leaders to create a favorable image of, on the regional level. The Kremlin has tested the tactics of using dark horses in Ukraine, Moldova, Georgia, and other countries where Moscow is attempting to pose a geopolitical influence harness. Mikhail Bandelian, a Telegram blogger, friend of the Russian war correspondents, and Sputnik Armenia columnist, has been the most odious pro-Russian figure in Armenian politics in recent years. Bandelian, known for his harsh criticism of Pashinyan, Regularly organized street protests that were extensively covered by Russian media. Anti-Ukrainian slogans and support for the so-called Special Military Operations, SMO, were sometimes heard in the small-scale protests. It is significant that by the land's detention has become one of the primary causes of the current conflict between Armenia and Russia. Of course, Papas like Badelan cannot claim to be the pro-Russian opposition's political leaders. However, it is possible that Moscow will try to use such characters as the catalyst for the phony revolution in order to depose Pashinyan. In such publications, Badelan has repeatedly attempted to play this role. In a post titled The Last Round in the Opposition's Clip, for example, a Kremlin revolutionary writes, Over the past three years, the Armenian opposition which had unprecedented triggers for a popular uprising, has been unable to achieve anything at all, and they have only themselves to blame. According to a number of experts, billionaire and philanthropist Ruben Verdenyan was the Kremlin's main creative in American politics until recently. In 2022, he renounced his Russian citizenship and moved to Armenia, where he briefly served as a state minister and de facto head of the unrecognized Nagorno-Karabakh Republic. 
Ferdinand advocated for the country for life party in domestic Armenian politics, whose popularity is currently on the verge of statistical error. Ferdinand's pro-Russian stance is evident in his public statements, in which he fre frequently emphasizes Moscow's constructive role in the region and accuses Armenia and Azerbaijan's leaders of the anti-Russian actions. We highly appreciate the efforts of the Russian peacekeeping, contingent to ensure Artsakh's security and emphasize Russia's mediation role and responsibility in ensuring a stable peace in the region. Vardinyan said before Armenian Karabakh collapsed on September 1920. As of current, Vardinyan has been detained by the Azerbaijani Special Services on suspicion of sponsoring terrorism and illegal armed groups. Meanwhile, loyal Russian media are actively molding the image of a political prisoner. Azerbaijan is throwing Russia out of the South Caucasus by its actions. Vardinyan. Therefore, the Kremlin is likely considering a scenario in which Vardanyan is released from Azerbaijan prison as a result of personal agreement between Putin and Aliyev. As a result, Vardanyan will receive additional benefits from resuming his political career in Armenia as a fighter for the rights of Karabakh Armenians. Residents of the so-called uh, Enkair will become a significant part of Armenia's electoral field. At the same time, the Kremlin, which has been aware of decline in Russian sympathy in Armenian society since 2020, may use the release of a former Armenian Karabakh leaders who have been in the hands of their Barjani law enforcement to restore the image of defenders of Armenian interests. However, it remains to be seen whether Baku will want to pursue this plot at the radicalization of the domestic political scene through the reintroduction of figures like Vardanyan into public life contradicts plan to sign a peace treaty with Armenia. Working on errors or an imitation? In a message to Armenians on September 24th, Nikol Pashinyan emphasized the importance of rebuilding the country's internal and external security structures. On the same day, Arei Karatinyan, the Armenian Prime Minister's Chief of Staff, issued a resounding statement accusing the Russian media of waging a hybrid war against Armenia. This was his reaction to NTV's Russian television channel's coverage of protests in Yerevan calling for Ar Armenian Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan's resignation. In light of this, Armenian authorities have begun discussing potentially shutting down Russian TV channels. The country broadcast Russian Pervy Kanal, RTR, Planet, uh, Russia, Kultura, and Mir. Luzini Baladian, a ruling civic contract party member, announced the, the initiative. According to her, this is a matter of national security because Russian TV channels' content has become anti Armenian. Thus, the tone of official Armenian's rhetoric suggests a desire to re-establish relationship with Moscow. Simultaneously, the information component is an important indicator of a new stage in Armenian-Russian relations. However, it is premature to label Armenia as one of the Moscow's adversaries. Despite the fact that Yerevan does not officially support the Kremlin's war against Ukraine, Armenia continues to supply Russia with smuggled microelectronics. Armenia, for example, supplied a 460 million of electronic equipments to Russian customers in 2022. 
with equipment sales increasing from 14 million to 158 million. As a result, the dynamic of trade in sanctioned ca categories of goods are a true indicator of non-declarative change in Yerevan's foreign policy. As the monitoring demonstrates, the nature of the information conflict between Armenia and Russia is ambiguous. Because Yerevan is preoccupied with Karabakh, all attacks on Moscow are purely regional in nature. As a result, we can hardly expect a shift in the government-aligned media's coverage of the Russian-Ukrainian war. On the contrary, the Kremlin is introducing the concept of geopolitical confrontation with the U.S. and attempting to blackmail the Pashinyan's government by participating in street protests. However, due to Armenia's society's general apathy and potential for these actions remain rather low. As a result, if the coup attempts fail, Moscow will be forced to resume constructive dialogue. Clearly, despite the Overstretching of forces in the Ukrainian force, Russia does not intend to leave the South Caucasus geopolitical perimeter, an important component of which is a military base in Armenia. Obviously, Moscow will forgive Pashinyan for his adultery with the West in exchange for guarantees of its military's stay in Armenia and possible supplies of sanctioned goods. <laughs>